0: Welcome to Jaipur I'm your host Laksh Tata. I'm sitting here with the author of Shadow City, A Woman Walks Kabul, Taran and Khan. Welcome to Jaipur Bites, Taran.
1: Thank you Laksh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So we're here to have a little bit of a chat and tease out your book so that people can know more about it before uh, and then hopefully bye. Um, but do tell me what has it been like for you this year at the festival uh, before this conversation. You had been here before to talk about your book previously. But what has it been like this year to be here, especially because we know what happened to Afghanistan and since 2020 till 2022. So just give us a little bit of that background.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, The last time I was in Jaipur was, of course, the last edition before the pandemic, so many things have changed since then. And in terms of Afghanistan, I think, um, when I was speaking about my book, there was more of a curiosity about um, what's going on and what is the city actually like, which is what my book's about, about how is it to experience the city intimately, over time, on foot. And this time, I think, for obvious reasons, the questions are more about what is happening right now in Afghanistan, how are things there now. Um, do you know people who are still there mm-hmm. uh, and how do you feel it's going to impact the region? I yeah. think so the questions have sort of gone from uh, being more about, um, you know, I suppose more about people-centered things sure. to more yeah. about, you know, um, power play and uh, how is this going to impact the, life, the entire region. So I think that's one big th- difference I've noticed and of course there's a lot of concern about the situation of women in Afghanistan and how the the changes have affected them I think it's uh, it's a good thing that there is this interest um, in Afghanistan especially among the audience here and I think it's a good thing that Indian audiences are especially asking these questions because uh, I think we depend a little too much on Western sources of information to understand our own region Mm -hmm. so I'm really happy that we had these sessions we had a good session here at um, the JLF about exactly this question. And uh, I really hope that this means that we'll stay engaged with Afghanistan. One of the things we discussed was how, especially after what's happening in Ukraine, whatever news there was about Afghanistan is even harder to find. uh, Right,
0: right.
1: And uh, this is something that's been, I've written about, I've talked about a lot, that soon after the Taliban took over in uh, August, uh, there was a lot of media attention at that time. And slowly, the news started vanishing. And the voices of people in Kabul, uh, which is a city I know best, um, they also started vanishing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've written about this in the past that I think this is a very troubling pattern that we keep repeating about Afghanistan. It's a a place that's easy to dismiss as being a place of perennial war, perennial conflict. So it seems almost natural, and I'm saying this with air quotes, that there would be violence there. Mm -hmm. And I feel this is a a very, very uh, difficult idea for me to, to accept because, of course, as anyone who spent any time in Kabul will tell you, Afghans were very keen for peace, they were desperate for peace, and they were hoping for peace all these years. We talk about the, to- the takeover as being sudden, and in many ways it was. But in other ways, it was something that people saw coming for years and you know Afghans were trying to draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the mainstream media was just not willing to pay attention because mm-hmm. it's such a difficult narrative for us to understand. So in a way, the, the vanishing of Afghanistan from the news once again, I think is part of a pattern that keeps repeating from the 90s onwards. And I think it's important to, to push back against that.
0: I mean, um, speaking, because you, you are a journalist and that's been your career so far, um, that is the thing I would, I mean, the only comparable I can think of is like, we don't talk about a nuclear plant until Chernobyl happens. It's like passive active, passive active. Because you write about this stuff, you've been writing about this place for a while. This idea that no one wants to talk about it when it's n- when there isn't a crisis to talk about. No one wants to talk about the people, no one wants to talk about what it's like to be a person, a foreigner in a, in a, in a land that's, I believe you went there in 2006 onwards, right? Yeah. So um, what has that been like to be keep trying to tell people it is an active situation, it's an active situation. There's, there's real people, real women that are suffering under, under these regimes. But there's also beautiful stories of, of, of empowerment and, and, and just people succeeding when no odds are, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. So what has that been like as a writer, as a journalist to try to get people to pay attention?
1: Yeah, again, it's been, you know, sort of... Um a mixed uh, journey, I think, for me. Um, As a journalist, initially I found it quite difficult to have interest, especially among Indian publications, to get stories published from Afghanistan. I was there, as you said, 2006 to 2013 was the last time I was there. And uh, I found that there was definitely more of an interest in certain kinds of stories that followed a certain kind of narrative which were easy to place. And uh, that's slowly why I became so... Uh, you know, drawn to the idea of a book because the stuff that I found really interesting and that really moved me was just not fitting in any of these stories or the, even the longer feature stories the outtakes were what I really enjoyed you know. mm-hmm. so which is really what drew me to the idea of writing a book because where on earth was I going to put all these things in? and I think it was um, what I found was that there is a way of reporting the city which communicates um, the facts, and that communicates uh, what's going on, which has its own place. Of course, there's been really good journalism done from Afghanistan, many of it by Afghan journalists, which I think isn't mentioned enough. Um, The really excellent work done by Afghans living and working in Afghanistan, many of whom have now had to leave. Um, But there is also a way to communicate the truth of the city. Um, I'm talking about Kabul because that's the city where I've spent my entire time was in Kabul. And of course, Afghanistan is a much bigger, more complicated place. Right. But there's a way to communicate the truth of being in Kabul, which I think is a more emotional state. It's a more internal state. And that draws on um, diverse sources, diverse voices, diverse narrative devices. That's what I try to do in the book. And I'm really happy with how um, it seemed to touch readers the way I'd hope, which was they found in it a familiarity, a sense of connection. and. Um, you know, a way to feel uh, that the city reflects in some way cities that they know Mm -hmm. or places that they feel close to, which was wonderful for me to know because that's exactly how I felt in Kabul, you know. It felt like a city that was familiar and still different and there were moments when I felt like, oh, I know this because of my own background from being from North India and at the same time, it was a place of real newness of fascinating uh, stories. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think the book's been a real journey for me to understand... I think these stories do matter to people. It's just a question of um, you know getting them out um, and, and of um, maybe just framing them in a way that they're easier for people to find
0: right. you know? so uh I'd love to talk a little bit about the actual process of, of putting out this piece of work. Was it a natural progression from all of the pieces you were doing, uh, that, okay, I think I already have a book in all these stories I've been writing, or did you make this con- conscious decision that, oh, I think I should put all of this stuff that I have, about my experiences in Kabul into this book. So. What was that decision-making process and what was it like to actually write this thing that we're holding right now? Right.
1: Um, the reporting was happening the entire time I was there because I actually went to work with Afghan um, media uh, persons. I was working initially in a radio and TV station and then I kept going back because I loved it so much. I kept finding ways to go back and most of my journeys were to work with in some way media professionals. So the book kind of emerged from that engagement, with that sense of intimacy and access to the city. If I hadn't had that, I'm sure I wouldn't have written this book or or it wouldn't have been this particular book for sure, because uh, I think when you go to report. There is an element of transactionality that comes in, or very often the journalists, we already know the story and we're just sort of filling it in, we know the broad contours and we just want, you know, the details. But in this case, because I was just hearing these stories and seeing these places, that seemed so interesting. And I couldn't really, like I said, I couldn't fit them into the journalistic writing I was doing. Um, I wanted, I really wanted to tell people what it felt like to just walk down the street in Kabul to see the morning, um, you know, to have a long Friday where you do nothing, which is the weekend, you know, and just go to the bakery, buy some bread. The banality, like the everydayness of it. I really wanted to get that across. And then, of course, the, all the other stuff which the book's about, which is about guess, loss, it's about memory, it's about cinema, which is a way of talking about creativity and the love for beauty that our ones have. Um, All of this, I think, kind of pushed me to think of a book. Um, So the reporting was done while I was there, until 2013, and I started writing in earnest, I would say, maybe around 2011, but it was a long process because um, there were many ways to write this book, and I was very keen for it not to be a memoir, which is what initially it sort of felt like taking the shape of, and what I think in publishing uh, you tend to be pushed towards Familiar forms, which are easy to sell. I was quite keen that I, I didn't want it to be another story about a journalist in a war zone because there were so many stories already like that. I didn't see the need to center that narrative once again. And I was quite clear that Kabul is the heroine of this book. Yeah. That structure took me a long time to find because I um, I also wanted it to be a structure where readers could themselves in the narrative, to explore the city themselves, to bring their own experiences to it. I think once I had the idea, or once the form of walking entered the, the book, right. it wow. sort of fell into place. Because walking is a physical activity, but it's also a temporal journey. It's a, it's a way to connect spaces. It can also take you, you know, it's a beautiful bridge between, which I did was between Kabul, between Aligarh, where I grew up, it let me move between my own experiences and the reporting voice. So I think uh, following that it became simpler, but it was a very long manuscript which had yeah. to be sort of edited down and I was very lucky to have good editing support in this. Um, and yeah, so uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was, I would say it was a movement from a story that had a lot to whittling it down to making the stories sharper. And to retaining only that which gave the reader an insight, or it opened a window to them mm-hmm. for the city.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Taram, thank you for giving us uh, this, that insight into your book and your journey in uh, telling this story. We're going to close out with a little bit of a reading. I'm just going to move the mic a little bit closer so people can get a sense of what they will be signing up for.
1: Okay, thank you Laksh. I'm reading from the very beginning of the book. This is actually the foreword where it begins. One of the first things I was told when I arrived in Kabul was never to walk. It was early 2006, five years after the overthrow of the Taliban government by US-led coalition forces, around the same amount of time that the Taliban had been in power before 2001. Winter was just beginning to fade and like the seasons, Kabul was on the verge of turning, though we did not know it then. As spring transformed the surroundings, I joined the rush of bodies on the street and took my first walk in the city. My memory begins from a place I almost certainly did not start from. I must have got there somehow, but in my mind, I first recall moving through a bazaar called Mandai on the southern side of the Kabul River. I remember making my way through narrow lanes and shops that extended onto the street, traders and their carts spilling onto the thoroughfares stepping around the piles of dried fruit, tins of cooking oil, soap. The way the dull sunlight of that rainy spring day filtered through the canopies erected over some shops. The earth was muddy, the market not too crowded, familiar like the bazaars of cities I knew in India. I recall walking onto a bridge and buying a checked scarf from a young man standing by his railing. His face was barely visible behind his stock of fluttering fabrics, which he had tied to a wooden frame resting on his shoulders. He smiled when I took his picture. Behind him were the mountains that encircle Kabul the Koya Sher Darwaza on my left, the Koya Asmai to my right. Between them, below the bridge, was the river, sluggish with some water, some rubbish. I moved across the bridge, and in the process, I spanned the city's history from the Shahri Kuhna, or the old city, to the Shahri Noor, or the new suburbs, ahead of me. Memory returns in fragments. I remember walking through the half empty streets feeling the sun on my back. I heard snatches of song on the radio past a group of young men lounging on a broken sofa they had pulled onto the street. I saw walls with bullet marks, barriers across gates, and the glass glass panes of shop fronts painted with calligraphy. Under my feet was the slush of the spring. There was smoke rising from the chimneys, An evening colouring the snow on the peaks of the Pahman range on the horizon. Birds on the bare branches of trees singing songs of the approaching dusk. Back in my room I had tried to brush the mud off my shoes, my clothes, but it had clung stubbornly. I had looked out of the window. Beyond the walls that enclosed the courtyard, the city had changed. It shimmered like a promise, far larger than I had thought. The more I walked, the larger it revealed itself to be. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you, Taran. The book is Shadow City, A Woman Walks Kabul. I just want to remind the audience that this interview was taking place at the Jaipur Literature Festival, which is why uh, you are able to hear all the conversations and the, the musings that are taking place at this festival. And before we close out, I want to thank Penguin for partnering with us on this episode. Do check out Taran's book, Shadow City A Woman Walks Kabul. I'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you.